We're going to dive into the book of Mark. If you have your Bible, chapter 9, verse 14 through 29. I'm just going to read this to you. A boy is healed. And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and the scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him talking about Jesus. And he asked the scribes, this is Jesus talking, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever, and when, wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered to him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming in the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood, and often... He has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said, He is dead, but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why? Could we not cast it out? So he said to them, Jesus replied, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Church, this morning I want to talk to you about what Jesus said. Jesus said, believe. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. But the subtitle of this message is, I don't want to be a faithless generation. I want to pause on that for a second. And I want to speak to you at home this morning. And I want to tell you in my own personal conviction right now too, I don't want to be a faithless generation. I don't want Jesus to look at me and say, faithless generation. I want Jesus to look at my life and look at my situations and look at how I live and say, I have to move on his behalf because his faith is moving me. I don't want, I know it gets hard. I know there's moments. I know there's times we're like the guy that says, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. I can look over my life time and time and time again and find the moments of where I I believed God, but there was still unbelief, and I had to say, God, help my unbelief. I've been in that situation, but I still don't want God to look at me and say, faithless generation. I want my faith to be so built up in the Lord that every time he looks at me, he says, I have to move. I have to bless him. I have to heal him. I have to provide. His faith is moving me. 
And this morning, you're battling a lot of things. And I feel it by the Holy Ghost. You're going through things. You're going through situations where it just seems like there is no way out. You can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You don't know what's next. You don't know how this is going to happen, how God's going to show up there. And it's just like, oh, I know this is an on-time, in-season word for somebody this morning. It's like you're in this tunnel and you can't see the way out. But God is speaking to you this morning. And he's saying, don't lose your faith. Church, don't lose your faith. This week, I've had to look in the mirror time and time and time again and say, God, I believe. God, I believe. And he had to look back at me over and over and say this. Now, watch this. This is what the Holy Spirit said to me. He looks back at me and he says, good. But what kind of answer? What? Here I am crying out over and over again all week long. God, I believe. God, I believe. God, I believe. And the Holy Spirit just speaks that. The only thing, it wasn't no scripture. It wasn't like this powerful revelation or this saith the Lord. All I heard in my spirit was good. (laughs) Good. But what that did in my spirit is one, I got his attention. And I want to tell somebody today that has been crying and you've been going through it and you just, you went, you've done all these things for God, but it seems like you're still just going through it. I want you to know that he has caught the tears you've cried in the palm of his hand and he has heard every prayer you have prayed. And I love this because at the end of the scriptures here, everyone said, well, the boy, the boy's dead. As soon as he gets touched, the the boy's dead. And Jesus looks at him and grabs him by the hand, lifted him up. I just love that. He lifted him up by his hand. When you are in a situation, like I said earlier, and you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, God will lift you up by his hand. God will grab you and pull you out. And it said the boy arose and he lived and he was delivered. But Jesus, the interesting thing here in the scripture is Jesus grabbed him by the hand and lifted him up. It's okay to get knocked down, but it's not okay to stay down. Because there is a God whose hand is calling down to you to pull you up. All you have to do is grab onto it. And today I want to tell you, grab on to the hand of God this morning. It doesn't matter what the doctor said. It doesn't matter what your friends are doing. It doesn't matter what jobs look like right now. It doesn't matter what your income looks like right now. It doesn't matter how your family's acting right now. It doesn't matter. What matters is God's hand is stretching out to you. Are you going to grab on? on. Because too many times in this this life, in, in, in just the world as we know it, even in church culture, we think we can get through things on our own. You cannot, church, 
You can't get through anything in this Christian walk by yourself. That's why there's a Holy Spirit. That's why God did what he did because he wants to grab your hand. And this morning, God's looking into your situation and he's saying, grab on. Grab on. I'm here, my hand stretched. Grab on, I'll pick you up. I'll set you apart. I'll heal you. You just got to grab on. Who is it that I'm talking to this morning? That's at, that's at a crossroads. It's at a crisis that everything's just boom, hit them at one, at one moment. Who am I talking to this morning saying God just wants you to grab on? His hand's there. All you have to do is grab it. And when you grab it, he'll pick you up and you'll be delivered. I love this because everyone was praying for this boy, even the disciples. But only Jesus could deliver him. I'm all about prayer meetings. I am all about calling the heavens down. I am a Pentecostal preacher, spirit-filled, not ashamed of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and never will be. That's just who I am. I am radical, charismatic, and I'm proud of it. But I know this, no person, and I've said it many times, no preacher, no worship leader, nobody can get me out and deliver me but Jesus. And I love this because God in this passage shows, shows himself strong. Everyone tried and prayed to get this boy free, but only Jesus could do it. And I'm looking at you in your life today, and I'm here to tell you only Jesus can do it. But you have to get to the point of where you believe that he can. Too many times we see this over and over. Now, I can't, I can't jump on, I can't say, well, because honestly, I don't know why some people are healed in a moment and some people, it takes years. That's the thing that only God can answer. But one thing that was always put in me as I was coming up and continue to come up Pastors would say to me, spiritual leaders, would say, one thing you can make certain, though, is that you believe it's possible. You have to convince yourself, fully given church, that it is possible. One seed of doubt in your mind and in your heart can mess everything up. One seed of doubt. Now get this. I love God. One seed of doubt can mess everything up. But one seed of faith can bring everything to pass. You have, church, hear me this morning. You have to believe it's possible. Jesus said, believe. If you believe, it will be done. You have to believe this morning, church. Jesus said, believe. Look in your situation. Look at what's going on and say, God, I believe. God, help my unbelief. Help anything inside of me that's trying to fight this. But I believe with everything inside of me. 
I believe. It might not look like it. It might be cloudy for a hundred more days in my life. It might look like I'm just going to keep going through it and going through it and going through it. And there's no way out. But God, I believe. I believe. You have to believe, church. Because here's this, this father brings his boy who's tortured. And he says, Lord, I believe. And what does God do? Takes care of the problem. Delivers them. You have to keep knocking until the door is opened. I'm just, I'm just going to, I just feel led by the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to say it. I love when preachers say that moment. It's like, oop. I just feel it right now. The Lord just spoke into my ear. Don't kill what you're believing for. Don't kill it. Your words, I've said this to my, the youth here many times, your words have power. How you speak is how things will manifest. If you constantly speak ill, you'll see ill results. But if you constantly speak life, you'll see life results. Church, you have to speak with the authority of God on your tongue. You say, what's the authority of God? It's this. It's God doesn't speak any ill thing. I said this, I think it was in August in a first Friday service. A lot of issues in the church today is we like to run our mouth. We like to gossip. But has the Lord ever gossiped about you? Has God ever talked bad about you? No. You know what he said about you? You're called. You're loved. Even in the moments where we deserve. I mean, I can look back over my life and be like, Oh, God, I deserved you to say some ill things about me here. When I did some of the craziest, I mean, I have a whole book full. My dad lives in Virginia, but if he's, I'm sure he'll be back in here one day. Ask him. I had him up in the middle of the night, my mom too, freaking out, called at home, people calling. We got Corey down here at the police station. Now, I'm going to tell you, there has been moments in my life where I deserved God to say, oh, Corey. But he never did. In my broken moments, he called me whole. In my moments where I ran away, he said, come home. In my moments where I had no worth and I felt like I blew it, he said, oh, you, you have more than enough. You're qualified, you're appointed, and you're anointed. In the moments where I felt shattered, he looked at me and said, you're a masterpiece. And that's the God you serve. He's a God that will never speak ill about you. Now, he'll call your sin out. And he'll correct you. That's conviction. It's good. He'll never speak ill of you because he loves you and there's a purpose on your life and there's a destiny on your life. Somebody's watching today and everyone's counted you out and everyone gave up on you and everyone said, ah, she's no good. She's blew it too many times. She'll never amount to anything. And God looks at you and says, no, no, that's not the case. You're beautiful. 
You have a purpose and a destiny. You're called. I love this because this boy that was tortured by these spirits that we just read about, everyone said, yeah, he's possessed. The disciples, no one can get this thing out of them. They look at him like he was a mistake. They look at him like, ah, oh, he this this joker, done for. But yet Jesus looks at him and still sees the life behind his eyes. Jesus looks at him and says, If you believe, I'll, I'll deliver him. Jesus doesn't write him off. Jesus looks at him and says, Yep, he's still got a purpose. Take my hand, I'll pull you up, you'll live again. You'll be free. Jesus looks into your situation, no matter how bad it is. And he says, I can find life in this. I can find destiny in this. I can find purpose in this. So I want to speak to somebody today that doesn't have it all together. And say, that's okay. Because he can put the pieces together. He can take broken things and make something beautiful. I just, going into our, um, I think we're less than a month away from the election, and everything that our nation's been facing this past year, and the church has been facing, and society, God looks at this, and I want you to be encouraged today. And God says, I can make beautiful creations out of broken pieces. What the world looks at, and says it's broken, God says, you have no clue what I can create out of this. What the world writes off, God looks at and says, oh, I need it. I love when, and this sounds funny, but it's true, I love when disaster comes. Now hear me. Because when disaster hits, or chaos breaks out, only God can stand tall. When stuff hits like a storm and you can't take it, you can't do it, your friends can't figure it out, your, work, your co-workers can't figure it out, everything just comes to a standstill. I love those moments. Even the pressure's tight, it's crazy, the stress level can hit, I know it's, it can happen. But I love those moments because in those moments, there's only one who can get the glory. In those moments, there's only one who can turn the ship around. In those moments, there's only one who can bring peace to the storm. I love it because whenever there's disaster, God will show his glory. Time and time again, we see that in scripture. Chaos, God's glory. He will show himself in the storm. Storms breaking out, disciples freaking out, water's gushing into the boat. Everyone's in panic, but yet Jesus is sleeping. No one knows what to do. Everything's terrible. You talk about a stress level. Talk, could you imagine if you were on that boat with the disciples in the middle of this storm, rocking, shaking, gushing, thundering, lightning? I did, my. I couldn't imagine. I would, ooh, bad. I'd be to the bathroom about five times. Um, it, it would just be a rough day for me. But in those moments, we find Jesus sleeping. In the middle of disaster, he has peace. In the middle of storm and chaos, he has peace and shelter. 
And I love Jesus because we're called to resemble what? The image of Christ. So what can we look at Jesus doing in that moment? We can look at Jesus and say, when a storm comes, I can have rest. When a storm hits, I can have peace. When a storm hits, I don't have to freak out. I don't have to stress. I don't have to worry. I can have rest. And knowing that I serve the God that can bring peace to it, that can stop it. And we see this, and finally God wakes up. And I shared this revelation, I think back in May. Jesus didn't get up because the, the boat was rocking or the storm was bad. He, he was perfectly fine. He got up because the disciples called on him. And when God hears his children pray, it moves him to get up and move and work on your behalf. We see that Jesus was resting asleep, but when his disciples called on him, when they said Jesus, he got up. Church, pray. Because when you pray, he listens and he hears. And get this, he responds. He responds. But you have to pray. If they would have never called on Jesus or cried out to him, they would have... That boat would have kept rocking. But when they called on him, Jesus came up and said, peace be still. The father would have never brought this boy to Jesus. The boy would still be possessed. But he brought him to Jesus and said, I know you can do it. I believe. And Jesus, what? Jesus did it. But like I said earlier, the title of my message is, Jesus said believe. If you believe, it will be granted unto you. But also, my subtitle, I don't want to be a faithless generation. Jesus looked at them and said, how long do I have to be with you? Un, un, just no faith generation. You have no faith. How, how long? I don't want God to look at my situation or look at my life and say, Corey, where's your faith? You faithless generation, where is it, Corey? No, I want God, like I said earlier, look at my situation and say, I got to move. His faith is moving me. Church, we can't be faithless in this hour. We cannot. The devil's going to try to make the church faithless. Now hear me. He is going to try. He is going to try to knock the legs out up under the church. He is going to try to make, like I've been saying for a long time, make your dream small. But God says still dream big. He's going to try to shut everything down. He's going to try to make your faith this small. He's going to try to just erase your faith. But you're called to hold on to it. You're called to believe when it's hard to believe. You're called to press in in prayer when it doesn't look like it's going to get better. Still pray because trust me, it will. Don't lose your faith in this hour. Actually add to your faith. When you come out of whatever season you're going through, I want you to come out with power, come out with authority, and say, God got me through. Because I know, as a pastor of Calvary Church, when we get through this season of COVID-19, when God brings an end to this plague in our nation, we're going to look back, and we're not going to say, oh, gosh, this is all that happened here. We really struggled here. We really, it was really hard. No, we are going to look back, and we're going to say, by the faithfulness 
of God. By the power of the Holy Spirit. He got us through. And I want you to look into your situation today, church. And I feel God all over me. And I want you to have faith. Don't be a faithless generation. Have faith. Have faith that God will provide. Have faith that you'll be healed. Have faith that God will move. Have faith. Have faith. Have faith. Have faith. Have faith that he hears your prayers. But we see at the end of the passage, Jesus says to them, and I quote, this kind can, can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. So when the people were asking him, God, we prayed and he wasn't delivered. We prayed, we casted it out and nothing happened. And Jesus responds and says, this can only happen, this kind, by prayer and fasting. Last night it was around midnight. Me and my wife found ourselves talking about the service. What God wanted to do, found out I was preaching and asking God, Lord, what do you want me, what do you want me to say? I, I kind of just caught me in a moment. I was just like, I've got to come up with something, Lord. I've got to dive into the word. What is it that you want me to share about? And here we are talking about it and praying. And Kenzie says, I really feel like we're in a time that with, with COVID-19 and everything that we're facing, that this kind, can, this kind of deliverance that we're believing for can only come by prayer and fasting. And when she said that, Mark 9 came to me. And I remembered this story of the boy that everyone was praying for, but only Jesus could deliver him. But then at the end, Jesus says, only this kind of deliverance can come by prayer and fasting. I believe we are in an hour that the church needs to pray and fast like never before. Because I believe, and I've been, I agree with our pastor, we will see an end to COVID-19. But it's going to come by prayer and fasting. God looks and says, this kind of deliverance comes by prayer and fasting. Because I can look at it. I mean, we've been battling this now in society now, what, just everything going on since March. In the church, and, I am, and I've been right in with the church. We've been praying, we've been praying, we've been praying. God, move. God, do it. God, what is it? God, move in power. And I'm reminded of the story of the disciples were doing the same thing. They were facing a situation, and they were praying, and they were using the name of Jesus, and they were casting it out, but yet nothing seemed like it was happening, and they didn't know what was going on. And then Jesus steps in and takes care of it, but Jesus says it only happens by prayer and fasting. Church, we are going to see an end to COVID-19 when the church prays and fasts. We're going to see God change. Things. We're going to see a, a move. We're going to see things begin to shift when we pray and we fast. Because I truly believe the same thing God was talking about here in the book of Mark, God is saying to us again. This kind of deliverance comes by prayer and fasting. God will heal our land, but my people have to pray. They have to fast. But get this, they have to believe. Jesus said believe. You have to believe. Yes. 